This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Where I IGN Games Coop. Anyway, Big Red. It's a cream soda. It's red, mm-hmm. and it's from the Midwest. It's a fake cream soda. And I've had it. You've had it? I've had it. Mm. Is it the best soda you've ever had? It tastes like shit. Cool. Okay, but how does cream soda taste? All right. Like shit. I, the worst soda. <laughs> worst soda. Good. We, Just so you know, I'm not bleeping either of those. <laughs> we're, not, we're not rolling yet. But we are now. We, we can't bleep the truth. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week is Justin Davis, Scoop. Tina Amini. Cream soda's good. And Sam Claiborne. Every week, Damon. And we've got a great <laughs> show for you this week. We're going to talk about what we've been playing in lieu of any big new releases. We're going to talk about whatever happened to box art. But first. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, Justin, we just launched uh, a new Wait, IGN store. How does Damon store. sit in his seat? <laughs> there are a lot of good butt first <laughs> jokes happening in the uh, Facebook. How does Damon group. jump into the po- uh, jump into a pool? <laughs> how does, did you see how does Damon back out of his garage? <laughs> yeah, that was really good. <laughs> They're all good. I'm very proud of all of you. Uh, but Justin, we just launched the IGN store this week. Yeah, you can go to store.ign.com and you can buy all your GameScoop merchandise. I think yeah. the GameScoop pullover fleece is very cozy and warm yeah, and nice. Um, but what's exciting is that we also have a lot of other stuff. So there's Star Wars shirts and Nintendo shirts and uh, Marvel Comics, DC Comics. All of it's officially licensed. There's no knockoffs. My Mothra shirt is not available. <laughs> not <laughs> but Justin's shirt is not either. No, no bird neither is mine. <laughs> but Tina's jacket exactly. is also not available. <laughs> you, uh, if there's, IGN pin. there's IGN pins on it, yeah, but not also available. not available. If you're listening to this show, you can go to <laughs> store.ign.com and save 10% off all GameScoop merch by putting in Scoop10 at checkout. Is it really just applied to GameScoop merch? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so the GameScoop stuff is like our best-selling items now, and I want to keep it that way. <laughs> 
So and everyone out there in Scoop that Nation, that's true. Okay. Game Scoop is number that's... one. NVC is a very close number two. All so right. clearly we have to bury them. All right, pair. Yeah. We're going to bury People pair. could also hold off and come to our PAX panel and get shirts for free because I think I'm going to have some spares. Mm. No, they should buy them, please. Is that true? <laughs> it is. Are you sure? It's definitely true that I Are have the spares. Are we promising things we can't deliver <laughs> Okay. On? But I haven't But it'll be up. like two of them. Yeah. So still buy your shirts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. I think everyone out there should still buy their game shoot mm. shirts. Damon, we can say, the last thing I'm going to say yep. Yep. is I can see what people search for on the store that doesn't return a result. Okay, okay. So they've been searching for Godzilla is up there. Ooh, there you go. We don't cool. have a Godzilla so shirt. That but gives that's us just Damon. He checks every day. <laughs> <laughs> is there Godzilla shirts today? So that gives us a hit list of like stuff that maybe we should look into for the future. Okay. What's another one? Uh, Sonic that Chog is up there. Mm. Uh, What's another one? Uh, uh, Final Fantasy. What? Keep going. <laughs> is Nicely Job one of them? Fifteenth <laughs> on the list. I I know Nicely Job was not one of them. But people have been demanding a Nicely Job shirt. Mm-hmm. Or or you have Top Men on it. Yeah, they want a Nicely Job shirt and they want a Butt First shirt. How would you spell Butt First? You know, it depends on how it's being used. Okay. <laughs> depends on the graphic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Sam, you mentioned our PAX panel that's coming up next weekend. The once-in-a-lifetime opportunity of February 29th GameScoop panel at PAX East. It, well, I mean, it could happen... Four years what, from do you now. you think, 10 more times in our lifetime? No. <laughs> that would give us 40 years of GameScoop to survive. No, because it's going to be the 569th episode, and that's never going to happen again. That's true. On February 29th. Mm. All right, let's say in 40 years we'll meet back on Leap Year and okay. do another GameScoop at PAX. Okay. Nothing right. could interfere. <laughs> uh, it's 7.30. Our, our, our PAX panel is 7.30 p.m. Saturday night in the Dragonfly Theater. Seems like a pretty good slot. Required attendance for all PAX East attendees. Mandatory. Mm-hmm. Mandatory. Mm-hmm. Well, no. You'll need a note from your doctor if you're not going to be there. <laughs> I guarantee you all we'll be talking about is how warm our, uh, we feel after having been outside. Mm-hmm. We're not used to the cold anymore. We're in California. Okay. All right, let's get into uh, the episode here. Some of us have hard outs. Some of us have other things that we, we can't spend all day just scooping our asses off. Uh, <laughs> but in 40 years, we can come back and finish this episode. That's true. Uh, I want to talk about how much the uh, PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X might cost because we're hearing lots of reports that uh, uh, scarce parts are driving up the manufacturing costs. Above $400, could be $450, could be even more than that. And the reason why I think that could be a big deal is because, quite frankly, my dear, there has never been a successful console launch that cost over $400. Just never has been. Yeah, so you dug into some data about that? Well, I just you know, all you have to do is look at uh, how much consoles cost when mm-hmm. they launched. Only the PS3 and the Xbox One X, in, term, you know, in, ter- in terms of mm-hmm. popular mainstream consoles, cost more than $400 at launch. Both of them were failures at launch. That's well, really interesting. You, I've never thought about that before. So the 3DO launched at about 800 <laughs> Yeah, and what happened to that? <laughs> it failed at launch. Trip Hawkins is, I don't even know. He's rolling over in now, his grave. <laughs> now the Virtual Boy launched for $250 at launch. Which one? Yeah. Which Virtual Boy. Yeah. Which is, uh, it just goes to show, even if you do come in under $400, <laughs> yeah. it's, you're not guaranteed okay. success. All right. So the Damon rules apply still. Huh. Thank you. Well, so the, um, uh, the PS3 you're saying was just compared to the Xbox 360 at launch, it never caught up. 
Well, I think, that was, it, that, I think it eventually the system in our time. The PS3 ended up okay, but like yeah. Yeah, it was very dicey for a long time. Yeah. And it was six hundred bucks ish. Five hundred ninety nine US. There were dollars. two SKUs, yeah. five hundred and six hundred dollars. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I remember that's that was crazy at the time. Well, it also like colored the entire conversation around the consoles, and yeah. so that became the biggest thing people were talking about, thinking about like, oh, this isn't really affordable. Yeah. And then the Xbox One was five hundred dollars uh, because they tried to shoehorn the Kinect into it. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted that. Uh, so I just know what if, if if the PlayStation Five is actually four hundred fifty dollars or more? What does that mean? Are are gamers okay with that now? Or? And that's just for that four fifty. Is the report is that that's, that's just the cost of the parts yeah. to Sony? And clearly, like the actual process of manufacturing it, putting it in a box, marketing it, yeah. shipping it, like Sony's cost alone is going to be well over five hundred. Yeah. If if the four hundred and fifty cost for parts is accurate. Yeah, and for comparison, the PS Four cost them. I believe three hundred and eighty-one dollars to manufacture each one. Ooh, so they were start. Yeah, so they were either making a tiny profit or breaking even when they Mm -hmm. sold those consoles. So, and we know from history, like the general idea is not to make a profit on your console, but to make it on software, unless you're Nintendo, (laughs) and they're and they're trying to make the profit on the hardware. Nintendo, yeah, Nintendo's always had a bit more stringent about that sort of thing. Yeah, it's more about like building a user base and then selling to them with whatever exclusives, et cetera, and trying to beat out your competition by not. Building it in with a connect. Yeah. And which I, guess I liked. I did too. They, they now have a streaming service to kind of point people to, too. I think they want to get you subscribed and using this console. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a bigger push towards all of those services and mm-hmm. software systems. PlayStation Now, you're referring to? Yeah. yeah. And, and like xCloud for, for Microsoft. Right, for Microsoft. Yeah. 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 Um, console generations are whack, man. How so? I just like every single time there's a new console generation, it's just an opportunity for you to lose your entire customer base. Like, how is that a way to run like a multi-billion dollar business where like, we don't know how many people are going to be playing PlayStation 5 in 12 months. You like, got to hit Apple levels where you that's have guaranteed users every time. That's what like, I think the ha- I think we're going to see more, not less, you know, half step consoles. I think there's going to be mm-hmm. every two years, some new PlayStation and new Xbox, um, to help try to lock in your player base and keep them around. And then if someone is a super fan and wants to upgrade each time, great. But if not, maybe they'll skip one or two cycles. Is it unrealistic as the years roll on, as console generations roll on to, is it unrealistic to not expect consoles to, be, to become more expensive? Like it, like if the, you've always been like three and four hundred dollars. Yeah, you like double negated it and it confused yeah, me. Yeah, it confused Repeat me too. Repeat that okay. question. <laughs> Um, is it not price? not possible? <laughs> <laughs> is it unrealistic to expect consoles to always launch at four hundred dollars or under? Well, I see like, what you're saying. There's definitely a psychological perpetuity. something. At play. So we talked about those sixty dollars games, right? Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's hard. Like yes, four hundred dollars fifteen years ago was a lot more money than it is today, but it's still hard to justify spending five hundred, six hundred on a new game console. Sounds like a lot. Sounds like a lot. Exactly. Well, that's why they have the different SKUs, I guess. And that's also an Apple iPhone model where it's like, well, ah, we'll have the cheaper model and then the more expensive model for the people that really want the best experience out of each of these things. Yes, but only Microsoft is rumored to have right. uh, different SKUs. Yeah, these different. That's actually interesting. Like, I wonder if PlayStation is going to be forced into having Right, just to have the options for people. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it is the same with games because $60 doesn't really cover the cost of production for a video game. It's just what we've become, what's standardized, what we're used to, what we're comfortable with. Because mm-hmm. the second you start elevating that price, it's like you start to get choosier about what games you're going to buy. We probably uh, we all used to. I don't. I, mean, I don't want to 
speak for everybody, but I, I remember the uh, iPhone being, you know, something that you either subscribe, you know, what was like a payment plan that you could do with yeah. your cell phone service. Yeah. Or, and I remember the price for them outright was always like crazy. It was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You could pay 30 bucks a month or it's like $600. $1,500. But then now it is like, you can't do that anymore. And like every phone is 800 or 900 or $1,100 yeah. and like, People just kind of eat that now. Well, but Maybe I think most people crazy. pay on their on their phone bill. Like their Verizon bill just includes, right. you know, you're going to pay 30 bucks a month for two years and then mm-hmm. you just have this phone. Maybe they'll have like a turn in and also if you're a subscriber, some sort of yeah. discounted rate in the future. Well, so Xbox that. Xbox is doing that. Xbox You can pay a monthly yeah, no, yeah. fee. You can, it's actually an incredible deal. I'm a little bit like Microsoft is in such a weird spot because they're doing so much awesome stuff that's like not really getting the attention that they probably deserve with uh, Game Pass being so great and their backwards compatibility being so great. But like you can get an Xbox One X uh, today, you know, and you, I think you get Game Pass for a year. So, you know, every first party Microsoft game and then you just pay a monthly fee and then you're going to then they send you an Xbox One X. Mm-hmm. Like it's just part of this subscription. Yeah. Like it seems great. I, I like I feel like there's probably some catch hiding in the fine print, but on the face of it, like that seems really smart, and I think that that's the future. Mm-hmm. I was th- I was gonna say it would be really great if you could do that, and it would also be the next console, and the next console, and yeah, the next console. Exactly. So like in my life, I can be like, I subscribe to Xbox, and that just means that I can play all the games and then have the new systems as they come out. Yep. You know, and if the goal is that install base and you're rewarding your mm-hmm. consistent loyal users, that's how you retain them. Yep. Oof. And you get Game Pass. Like mm-hmm. yeah. we're seeing that with TV now, and of course cell phone and. and services and stuff it's like we do just kind of accept these subscription service plans now especially the more mainstream like game having a gaming console becomes the more likely it is that the services and the packages are what's going to be important because people aren't going to be as in the weeds with all of the console worry stuff that everybody else talks about it's going to be like what's the best deal in this case yeah Mm -hmm. so to bring it back around to your like what are the consoles going to cost Mm -hmm. i think we're going to see a 400 dollars and a 600 dollars xbox and I think we're going to see a $500 PS5. So I think it's just going to thread the needle right in between them. That, yeah, that would be in a really interesting situation because then uh, I don't know how many people are going to think the $400 Xbox is a more attractive deal than the $500, $500 PS5. It makes it tough to message. Xbox in the better situation because yeah. they're like, we have this high-end one two options, that's yeah. like really, yeah. really sexy for a lot of people. And then like the low-end one, it's like, well, I might as well just spring for that. It does sort of, uh, yeah, I actually, I think I agree, Sam, that like that gives them 300 and a 500 and Xbox to the 400 and a 600. Odds and evens. If it were, if it were (laughs) four, five, six that way, that gives Xbox, you know, the leverage on both ends, right? It really does. We have the cheapest entry into next gen and and we have like the most high end console. But they're currently playing console chicken. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's where you don't announce your price. And Nintendo just puts out systems at the, yeah. the 50 levels. So there's like three or 50. <laughs> and then Nintendo has Isabel show up in their halfway in their direct. And then Justin gets misty eyed. <laughs> I just love Animal Crossing so much. <laughs> I'll buy another Switch. I don't even need one. Yeah, I was going to. Okay, I'm ready. Good timing. Good yeah. timing, Sam, cool. as we transition into our next topic. Let's share what we've been playing. And I think we can finally talk about. Finally. After all these years, we could talk about The Witcher 3. <laughs> the hottest new game on the market. <laughs> um, first of all, was that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? That was Shadow of the Ninja in oh. honor of it coming to Nintendo oh, Switch God, Online. Yeah, that's a, not a great game. Although I've heard people has, say that they do like it. From- I also thought it was TMNT. Is it, it has, Nami? It has great music. No, it's like Natsume. Wow. Doesn't it sound a lot like a Nami game? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Witcher, man. So you just started playing. I've been playing for a couple weeks now. And you have two. Yes. And I started playing the DLC. What are you playing in The Witcher? 
<laughs> Gwent. Yeah. If I'm not playing The Witcher, but if I were, it would probably be Gwent. Oh, yeah? Thronebreaker, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's not just us. Like, seriously, after the, the show came out, a bunch of people started playing it. You know, I, I saw that coming, you know, it, going around a little bit. But then in our office, I keep on, like, having people turn around when I'm talking about Witcher. Mm. And there's so many people playing right now. Mm-hmm. It's very funny. What we all it? needed a big RPG this year, and nobody gave us one. <laughs> Look what we had to do. Yeah. Tina, do you remember the stat on, there was some news about how much money they made off The Witcher. I think it came Oh, like, uh, like Steam Wait, sales? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Recently? Right, yeah. yeah, right after the show mm. launched because everyone was like, what is like, this thing yeah. that I like? I'm paraphrasing. I think yeah. it's like 50 million bucks or like some mm. crazy amount of revenue they've earned in like, yeah. you know, since the show came out on the game. I'm also paraphrasing a stat that like uh, purchases in, uh, increased by like 300% after That's the crazy. show. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah. that percentage increase, yeah. And so, then, of course, the author hates the game. And just watches this and just shakes his head. How does the author feel about the show? The author is just a crusty man, and like the like his interviews are great. He just doesn't give it s. I think he said something like it would be yeah. inappropriate for me to comment on the show mm-hmm. because it's just such a different entity or something like that. It was very cryptic. Well, that, and that, that's actually a fairly diplomatic, like yeah, making very, their own yeah. thing. Like, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. which to be fair, totally is. Yeah, it's just weird how little control authors can lose on their stuff. To be that out of it, to be like, gotta be yeah. good with your negotiations. I make cannot, sure you get those royalties. Like, and I cannot like, imagine the feeling of like you created this character in this world, and now there's a version of it, the most well known version of it, <laughs> mm-hmm. that you have no like. What if the like the character didn't doesn't look like that? Well, you know, he didn't write a single word or line or instance for that game. Yeah, <laughs> it's so crazy. Yeah, and it, like legally, they're like, that's not yours. <laughs> <laughs> you said so on this paper. Yeah, you said so. In 1990. But he's Too very late. So also, I'm sure he's sleeping. Was He's crying into his <laughs> bed of money. Well, yeah. Exactly. What if he's not? What if it's like the, the which is not true, the uh, rumor about the Tetris creator, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. He never made any money. Well, the Witcher author, it was very acrimonious. Um, and then they settled it. You know, the CD Projekt paid him a lot more money to sort of put that to bed. And now the two of them are friends again. That's right. Yeah. They like revisited that negotiation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the uh, the story about the Tetris creator has a happy ending because after he made Hattress, he was just rolling it. <laughs> Wordtress. So here's been my, this is my experience with The Witcher recently is that I'm very stuck because it's not like riding a bicycle. You go back to playing a game like that and I'm like, why did I have all this equipment in these slots? Like I have no idea why it was all there. It's like, it is seriously like picking it up for the first time and it's vaguely coming back to me. So I'm playing the DLC, which is kind of standalone with my character and it's, it's great and everything. And I come into work, I'm like, Damon, Tina, like, how? What's up with this meter? And they're like, well, I don't know. Yeah. We're like, why do I? Why fix- are there two dodges? <laughs> exactly. That was another One's one. a roll. What's, what's up with the the uh, the skill tree that's on the right side of the skill tree? That's not yeah. the skill tree. They have no idea. They've been playing this game true. for weeks. No idea. That's not true. What are the three meters that fill up next to? <laughs> we already went through this. One is for the your red... sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one is one's, one's your, your experience. One's your stamina. Yeah. What's but the red? What's one? What's the red one? Isn't that your health? What's the red one? No. There's, a, no there's the main red one, and then there's yeah. the it curved fills up red with three one. things. It's like it's when you're mid fight. I think what it is. It's like you you're like enraged and on a roll. And I think like, it's a, an adrenaline <laughs> thing. On a roll meter. More games need to have an on a roll meter. We watched it yours like drain again. Yeah, I think it's an adrenaline thing. Yeah, well, whatever. Anyway, the game is so complicated. <laughs> There's a lot going and I'm, on. And I'm actually not making fun of Damon and Tina. I'm, I'm kind of making fun of the game. Really? It's, yes. 
it's it's overly complicated and crazy. I remember by the end of it thinking like how much I'd wrap my head around it and it was so great, but it is really funny seeing it from a distance now. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, there's like two games. There's one that's just the menus and yeah. then there's the actual like you're talking to NPCs, you're fighting yeah, things. Exactly. <laughs> well, a normal video game, you know, scaffolds, right? Like it layers on new systems and new stuff slowly over time mm-hmm. and not necessarily through like heavy tutorialization, but that's just how video games work. Yeah. Start out simple and then get more complex and then like you're saying to pick that up midstream where you're just <laughs> bombarded with meters yeah. and story and it's like I don't I don't know how any But also in my opinion it starts off complicated cuz it's like here's all this alchemy and crafting stuff that you don't understand how to do because you have tiers of ingredients that turn into other ingredients yeah. but then you can have to go to this NPC to craft these things but, but it then only you just scaffolds more line. stuff on top of that. Exactly. So it starts off really mm-hmm. convoluted and then adds on more. Did you guys ever use an oil well, I, no, I haven't gotten any oils yet. Look, yeah. I played that game for like 100 hours, and I've never used an oil. <laughs> All right? what? Why would I put oil on my weapon? <laughs> Everything just dies when I hit it with my sword. It's so it's so meaningless. And then, yeah, you get skill points. You can put them into like skills, which seems like a good idea. Or you can put them into alchemy. And I look at that, and it's like, get 10% more crafting from your crafty <laughs> bonus. I'm like, who cares? I feel like that's like end-level stuff right. where I, you've already yeah. maxed out like your your vitality and all yeah. of your strength abilities and your signs yeah. and whatever else. And suddenly you're like, I can collect so many more that's, flowers. That's high-level gameplay, yeah. Well, Witcher 3 is five years old now. Uh, and I, I've talked about before how I, I played it when it first came out, and it didn't grab me. And it wasn't because I hated it. It just like didn't really get its hooks into me. And then something else came out, and I moved on. And I always thought, if, you know, I hear such great things about it. I should go back to it someday. I finally have. And I actually, you know, I'm level eight. Uh, I've been playing for a couple of weeks, a few hours every night. And so I am, I'm, I'm understanding now, finally, I think, why people like this game. I'm super enjoying it. But it is true that it takes a long time to sort of like settle into the game. Yeah. I think a lot, lot longer than most games. Like we were just talking mm-hmm. about. It's more complicated than most console RPGs, I think. And CD Projekt Red, their legacy is CRPGs, which tend to be a little, you know more complicated than console games anyway. So uh, I, I think the, the the selling point for me, the draw the, the draw to me is the uh, the storytelling and then the the quest. Like the quests, dry, they go on for so long, so much longer than you'd be uh, used to in, other, in even like a Fallout. You know, the, the quests just drag on and they branch off. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's pretty cool how long you spend with these characters. You can actually fail certain parts of a quest if you don't go down the line of tasks in the right way. So I've gotten to really looking at the, like reading all about it and then looking at what what are the like little segments like, oh, I have to go to the beggars first to make mm-hmm. sure that I talk to them to get the intel that I need to go to then do this other thing. Otherwise, if I go to do this other thing first, I fail the quest line with the beggars and so you don't have this option that later comes in handy and it's just, it's so intertwined with one another and it's When nice quest to, fails like, pops up, you yeah, earlier, so yeah, you're like, oh, I messed crazy. up. Yeah, <laughs> it does happen though. It does. You just you just miss that content. But there's full quests you can fail, and then there's certain parts mm-hmm. of quests you can fail. And it doesn't mean you fail. It just means like that option is no longer available to you. So you have to go the violence route instead of maybe like being able to bribe someone down the line, something like that. So it's, that just, it's very me. it's very cool that you have to think on that level about it. You have to be that invested and engaged. And not a lot of games will do that. Um, when I first turned on the game, it's like it loaded my save and I was like in somewhere I was like where the hell am I you know it's like waking up from a you know going to the dentist office or something and uh, and I, it was like quest failed this one quest failed oh, this no. one and as I ran around and it was like trying to figure out how to get on my horse it kept on going quest failed this <laughs> oh one. no why because I think I'd 
beaten or had chosen some path in the game. There, there was it an, an off, inevitable yeah. thing or, that it blocked off everything. Or maybe you left a city and it was like, well, I guess you're done with that. <laughs> right? Yeah, but I, I definitely beat the game too. So I, this was my last weird. save before that, I think. I wonder if that was a weird bug. No, no, I think it was like there's all these, you know, political factions you can align mm. with. And I like it's like, like Fallout, if you if you yeah. don't do Brotherhood of Steel, then you're not going to ever do the Brotherhood of Steel. So if you turned off the game right after beating it, maybe you were closed off of yeah. like several other paths. And I don't know if I'd beaten the game in my save yet. It's really hard for me to tell. Weird. But it doesn't matter because the thing I'm playing is way off and doing its own thing. It's in a fairy tale land. It's really cool, blood and wine. But um, I was going to say, uh, Geralt is such a cool character in this game and he's mm-hmm. so awful in the show. And, yeah. and, and I love his character. Too. He's mm-hmm. funny. The, the dialogue is like Mass Effect where you choose the meaning of what you're going to say and then he says it his own way, mm-hmm. which I love. He always says something really, really goofy and he has little eye rolls and like <laughs> is smiling. He's just likable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so different than the, the TV character. Yeah, that was my takeaway too. And then, uh, Tina, you're playing on Switch. Yes, so I just got an upgrade, a visual nice. upgrade. So lucky. <laughs> can you tell a difference? <laughs> yes, you can, but as I told Sam, ah, from one potato to another potato. <laughs> So it's it's really a good. little bit blurred out. Like anytime I share screenshots, people are like, well, how did you take, like, did you compress it through your PS4 and then through your email and then through Twitter? No, I just used it. It's, it's just, playable in motion. Just, but then when you yeah. see the still photo, it's like, Ooh. I also saw my friend playing on PS4 recently. And I was like, oh my God, the colors. It's amazing. So I'm a little bit in my, I'm in my own corner, not realizing until I see actual screenshots. That means ah, you, that's what I'm missing. You can go to the next gen now just by, Starting to play on PlayStation 4. That's, like, yeah, sure. Experience. Exactly. Yeah, for, uh, for Witcher anyway. There are, I will say, uh, games five years old, there have been games released since that do traversal better, I think. Like uh, like Breath of the Wild and Assassin's Creed Odyssey feel better to just move around the world. That was the first game to have a horse that could follow a path. That I do, I appreciate the path. It's yeah. true, but if you want to make turns. Yeah, sometimes there's a 50% chance that he's going to take the wrong <laughs> direction in the fork. Yeah, and just slam into something. Calling him is always interesting because he's like ending up in some barbed wire somewhere. But like, does Where did this show come up? from? At least the yeah. horse shows yeah. up. There's not a lot of realism to Roach. So Roach just can just appear. appears behind yeah. you. Yeah. I like that. Like, yeah, that's the game fine. needs that. Oh, for sure. And then Roach is always fine. You know, Roach can't get hurt or anything. I don't like that he calls all roaches, uh, all horses Roach. Mm. I like the, like, person. A, yeah, I like the, the one personal, Roach. yes, and I like the personal connection that you had with your horse in Red Dead, mm. where you're, there are different names, there are different breeds, you create different connections, but nah, I just call all horses Roach. So I've read eight of these GD books, <laughs> and they suck. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and they, that keeps coming up. It's like, you know, the Witcher, you know, the Witcher calls all horses Roach. And I don't get, I don't get what that joke is or what. what There's also an NPC whose that. name is Roach, but spelled differently. <laughs> and so that becomes confusing. Well, it's Roche, right? Yeah, but yeah. It, doesn't he kind of pronounce it as? I don't know. Maybe I'm just hearing it, hearing what I want to hear. Yeah. There's a, should I tell the DLC joke? Well, I don't remember what it is. Well, as long as there's not a, a spoiler. Yeah. Okay. It's just, there's a, there's a quest line in the DLC where the character's name is De La Croix. Oh yeah. And, uh, you keep on finding like monogrammed stuff that says DLC. That's pretty cute. It's clever. That's pretty good. I, I mentioned to Sam, there's a Pulp Fiction Easter egg yep. in there too. When you're moving through a castle and two guards are just saying they're talking and they're like, should we bring out the gimp? Oh. The other gimp's one says sleep. the gimp's sleeping. <laughs> Maybe we should wake him up. It's pretty good. Anyway, uh, what's the next big game coming out? Is it like is it Final Fantasy Seven? Yeah, well, I think that's, it's Fallout Four. Or uh, that's we're all going to play next, right? Half Life. Fallout Four. Yeah, or Metal Gear Solid. 5. Oh, after <laughs> <laughs> after Witcher Three. Yeah, 
<laughs> anyway, well, my point was I'll keep playing Witcher 3 for the next, at least for the next couple weeks until mm-hmm. whatever the next big game that comes out is. <laughs> well, the uh, next big game that comes out for real is Animal Crossing, but you're going to be, you're going to abstain. I'm just going to keep playing Witcher 3. And Final Stay Fantasy the VII, course with Witcher 3. which you're going to abstain from too. Well, depending on how that shakes out. Okay. I don't know. And I'm then, just very skeptical about that. And then Doom, which I think you're going to love. I'm, I'm definitely going to play And Half-Life VR now, or yeah. was yeah. that push more? Yeah, yeah. no. We're, we're going to have to figure out how to put that thing on our faces though. I don't think anybody here, do you own VR? No. Yeah. So, well, well, I mean, you, you, know, you have lots of VR mean, in like the, the office. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he means like a personal one that you, you feel comfortable wearing on your face mm. that has, 20 other people haven't touched in the last 20 minutes. Yeah. Or specifically <laughs> like the 20 sick people in the office that tend to play VR more than other people. We got the flu. Point. I never actually never put that together. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin, you still ring fit adventuring? No. No, I guess you gave up. I, I, or did you beat it? <laughs> it does have an end eventually. No, uh, the store, I've been working evenings. That's so true. I've been, I haven't been playing much or doing much except getting that ready to go. Mm. He means he works in a grocery store after work. Yeah, it's, um, it's very sad. <laughs> San Francisco, y'all. It's wild out here. <laughs> hey, I work in arcade on weekends. Um, Damon, if... Justin said you should borrow Ring Fit mm-hmm. here and gave you his ring. Would you use it? I don't, here in the office? The no, just like in general. Would mm-hmm. you borrow his Ring Fit ring? I don't think there's no, anything and, unhygienic about the ring. Well, okay. Right? I mean, you just sweat all over it. Okay, well, the, now I don't want to use it. <laughs> but um, That's what life's holding. But it has the, the part that you're holding on to are pads that are Velcro, and they can you can take them off and wash them if okay. you need to. Hey, how would Damon borrow uh, Justin's Ring fit. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but first, we're going to move. No? Okay. This episode of Game Scoop is brought to you by NordVPN. As Scoop Nation knows, your Omega Cops have been a little obsessed with a movie called Weekend at Bernie's lately. But as happens too often these days, it is difficult to find it streaming here in the U.S. That's where NordVPN comes in. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a more enlightened region where they appreciate the comic delights of Weekend at Bernie's. And it's not just for streaming movies and shows. Switching your virtual location can allow you to save money by purchasing flights, hotels, and subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price. And you can do all this worry-free as NordVPN threat protection features protect you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. Best of all, NordVPN costs the price of a cup of coffee a month, and one account can be used on up to six devices. To get the best discount on your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com gamescoop. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com slash gamescoop. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Use your hands and your legs. I don't know. You can use that how you run your own home. <laughs> Let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Listeners, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at com. just like... No. 
No. Big oh, Tony. Big style. Tony style. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> we didn't do it. It's the power of. I apologize it, for that one. There are, there are two G's in big. So you have to uh, say it that loud. Okay. Uh, big Tony style writes us after a long absence. And you says, know, BTS has been on. Uh, or, yes. yes. BTS has been on uh, uh, Game Scoop longer than I have. That's what BTS means. Mm-hmm. Not behind the scenes. Uh, he says, as retail seems to be less and less relevant, I feel like box art goes largely unnoticed nowadays. Mm. I miss the days of walking through my local blockbuster, pouring over a game's box art to pick out a game to play on the weekend. Are there any notable games with standout box art from this generation that the Omega Cops have taken notice of? What are some games from your childhood with standout box art? This generation, I have no idea. Do I was you guys pay say, attention to yeah, that it's stuff? it's weird. My, this may be slipping my mind. wonder yeah. the question, are icons... The new boxes, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. the icons on your home yeah. screen. Like I can picture controls, like the yeah. big white letters and her going like this. Yeah. Right, but I've yeah. only seen that as a code. in my Right, exactly. Or Borderlands, right? That was revealed box mm-hmm. art, but it wasn't especially. Borderlands, right, because Borderlands that, was, that one's a, a good one. one. Yeah, that's it's true. colorful. And it's always the collector's editions, like the metal yeah, boxes. Like really that one was gorgeous. Actually. Yeah, with all the roses and they mm-hmm. did their E3 booth in the same roses way. Roses have characters' faces. In yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Super Which clever. I looked at that box art a lot without ever noticing that. That is actually probably the most notable one. Animal, all Animal Crossing art leading up to this game release has been amazing. Mm-hmm. I, it's like it's irresistible. Everybody's pre-ordering mm-hmm. special editions of it and stuff like that because it, it looks so cool. I do remember writing a story in my former Kotaku days about the Bioshock Infinite box art because that was actually very controversial. Because it was the, the first guy thing that came up. Just, no, it you? was. Um, it, uh, I actually forget what everyone's controversy was, but I created my own controversy, which was he wasn't using he wasn't using proper trigger finger discipline, which actually. And then I did a whole report on like here are the box arts that do use proper trigger finger discipline. um, And it's obviously a bunch of shooters, but then there's a variety to them. So trigger finger discipline, meaning you don't put your finger on the trigger unless you're ready to actually fire. Mm -hmm. And he's got this shotgun, which people pointed out is like a. I, I don't know a ton about guns, but I think it's like a bolt action something or other. Mm. So it doesn't, it's kind of a moot point. It's like it got its own safety essentially, and it, but he has it slung on his shoulder and it's like, it was just dumb. There's also rules about um, if you're going to have a gun, it, it can't be pointed directly at the person viewing the box art. It has to be off at an angle and there's actually rules about how much of an angle it has to be pointed oh, off to. Really? That's true. It, Are you it's sure? Like a, yeah. It's like a what, threatening what? pose or something. Yeah, that's true. Now yeah. I want to research this. Yeah. And, and it's never down the barrel. You can't have a box art where the gun is pointed well, down. The now barrel. I'm picturing mm-hmm. Red Dead Redemption's box art. Is that not John Marsden pointing a gun at the viewer? Yeah, yeah. I don't think so. So I, I was just looking up 2019 box right. art, and it's not <laughs> memorable in any way. Like everything's like a well, montage and crappy looking. I do remember this Gears one, Gears and then good. yeah, of course the bio, the Borderlands one. And, and Control. honestly, Control looks good. Um, and then Star Wars, I didn't remember, but it has like a big uh, dual this lightsaber across it. Red Dead skirt in that line. How does this work? Red Dead Redemption 2's box art absolutely has a gun pointed. That's, maybe I made that angled. whole. Maybe I made that, that whole thing up. That is angled though. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not okay. pointed directly. Hey, maybe it's so for an SRB rating. Look up the Could Bioshock really Infinite one. Though. Maybe, maybe I know that just a guy. So, so there's a chance. Well, he's got like his finger. There's a chance I completely dreamed and made up that whole thing. Or maybe <laughs> Sam's right in that it is related to ESRB, where if you're not rated M, you can't do it. His. He's got his finger on it. But there, there's yeah. something where you have to cock the gun in a specific way. So it I matter. think the enemy is just behind him and he's being fancy about shooting him. <laughs> being fancy about And just really stoic about it. <laughs> a lot of the box art this year seems to be montages of faces, like kind of just mm. like kind of montage. Well, it doesn't kinda, look particularly Like the modern. Star Wars one is kind of like the Star Wars movie posters mm-hmm. and I'm sure they were emulating some of that. 
But yeah, I guess control is, is something that like we th- liked for its style. And so that stands out as like a design opportunity for them to make cool box mm. art. I like the Katana Zero one just because it's really like neon colorful. Where is it? And Untitled Goose yeah. Game. If it had box art, it would be the best box art. Uh, I think uh, Star Wars Battlefront had pretty cool yeah. box art, if you can see that here. Uh, it's got an ad at. It's got a, a, a lone soldier facing down an ad. I remember that. That was pretty yeah. cool. That was cool. But yeah, box art, uh, I don't know what's going to happen as we move into a completely digital future. It must be icons, but I don't think I don't think developers and publishers put as much thought into their icon art as they I think the Switch eShop do. icons are pretty good. Well, I was going to bring that up because it turns out that Nintendo fans, yeah. a lot of them are really serious about yeah. their icons and if they there's been instances where they don't like a game's they've icon changed, they've compl- and they like complain it. until the developer changes yeah. it. And that's because like that's your whole that's in your face when you fire I mean, up your I, Switch I get like that too. The, I want to have icon a, is like I want to have a nice environment too. I guess aesthetic themes, to yeah. what's on I get your that homepage. I get that I get that. Themes are also a thing, which I haven't played Not on the Switch, as much, but, but. Yeah, well, PlayStation for yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's their next box art route. Uh, that's actually a good point. What if when you got your game, it actually themed out your system while you had it? You, you know, can, yeah, you while. can get themes. I know you can. Yeah. yeah, it just that's a nice that's a nice thing that like for Switch, for example, would mm-hmm. be a cool thing. It's you just kind of had that. Totally. I wish yeah. that was kind of part of. It seems like special editions should come with themes. Mm-hmm. I don't, does that not happen? I don't think themes are generally annoying to like do though. Cause like if that happened, then it would like a special edition. You have to put in a code to, just to theme out your system. Like yeah. that should just be part of the experience. Like, it's true. Be cool. That should be a next gen feature. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really loved, I loved all the Atari 2600 box art, even though that was like, you know, you're just a different time going back. I mean, well, he was asking about favorite box. Yeah. Art. I mean, there's a lot of, yeah. There's a lot of, and like, not my childhood. Uh, uh, there's a lot of rainbows and stuff. Mm. Yeah, I like that in the Atari Twenty Seven. Yeah, like a te- like Activision logo was a oh, rainbow. Yeah, and then like on the side of the boxes, it has like a you know like a, a for one one of the companies is silver boxes with rainbow highlights on it. Mm. And it's the coolest looking box. Art. I think I know the ones you mean. Like, um, well, we, I know what they are. They're Exidy. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, Demon I Attack. Got there. Demon Attack is one of them. Look up the box art for Demon Attack if you want to see what we're talking what about. Yeah, and then hand painted the stuff. What about the Stampede logo? The Stampede logo. I can show you that right now. It's on my belt buckle. <laughs> you wearing the belt buckle? You got it already? Yeah. And you haven't showed it to me? I feel weird what? showing people belt buckles what when if- they're on me. When it was off, I was like, Tina, look at this. But I'm not going to be like, look at my, look, look at my okay, waist enough. right now. So take it off. I'll show it to you later. I'll put on a jacket. <laughs> um, take it off. I could take it off. That's actually there a good you go. point. And of course, uh, there's really great uh, box art examples on the NES. I'm thinking like uh, uh, like the Castlevania, the original Castlevania, mm-hmm. beautiful hand painted Gradius, Light Force, like yep. those amazing hand painted uh, sci-fi scenes. Really what about cool. Phalanx on the SNES? Which that's is that the uh, uh, the banjo player? Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Um, the only box art from my youth, I'm sure I can think of more, but like that, the one that springs to mind is Doom was like a very, very, you know, I was 10 and I thought that that was the coolest fucking thing I had ever seen in my life. Not going to believe it. Um, (laughs) And like that just like it made a mark on me and like totally set the tone for that game. It's crazy. Yeah, I guess the 2016 Doom had pretty cool box art too. Yeah. They're kind of austere box art wise, but the Zelda series used to be gold boxes Mm -hmm. with like a sword and a shield Mm -hmm. or like just a very little thing. So Zelda 1 Adventure of Link were like that. Ocarina of Time was like that. Very classy. The Pass was like that. Uh, Majora's Mask kind of twisted it a little bit, which which it did with everything. But I really, yeah, it was classy and it was like so exciting. And those games were always the highest end games when they came out. So it was like gold, mm-hmm. like in your hands. It was mm-hmm. like, oh man, what a cool box art. And the, the gold cart? Yeah, of course. And the gold cart, the 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 uh, box art for that, if I remember right, was it shows embossed. It it. Yeah. No, it, no, it has a window and mm. it shows the, 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 the part of it through it. Uh, for the NES mm-hmm. version? It's really cool. And then... Uh, 
the Final Fantasy One box art uh, in Japan is gorgeous, and it's like, uh, like you know Amano is that his name that did all the Final Fantasy art and like mm-hmm. whatever it's great. But in America, <laughs> they like we're like we have to make this look as un Japanese as possible, and it's just like this horrible fantasy art of like a what? wizard and a naked guy and like a, a ninja whoa, looking whoa. at a, a castle in the sky in a sphere. Isn't the box oh no sorry the box is just a shield yeah yeah the box but just you're just probably thinking like the strategy guide the strategy guide cover yeah. yeah which was official too which is interesting because I think with the dragon I guess they're wait the dragon warrior games over right. here they embrace the anime fantasy anime art style a little bit more yeah. or, or at least didn't try to hide it from well look up slime in the dragon warrior manual it looks like <laughs> okay. a little man <laughs> it's so bad they took the cutest most desirably you know like kawaii character from japan they're like no we got to make it look like a gross decapitated head yeah make it extreme mm-hmm. make it extreme all right let's move on okay. that forlorn tune is from terminator on sega genesis oh. this is robert taylor in cobb california from the top i would like to say i'm a big fan and thank you all for your great content each week but first this last weekend, my fiance and I took a two-hour trip south to San Francisco for oh. a concert slash date night. After dinner, we decided to take a stroll down Pier 39 for some drinks and to check out the sights. We made our way into Bubba Gunk's for a beverage when we discovered an arcade in the back of the building. That arcade. Since you all work in SF, you may know the place. You know the Bubba Gump arcade? It's so bad. <laughs> it's not part of Bubba Gump. It's just there's an arcade on so Pier 39. So it's Pier 39. Okay. Yeah. After a couple rounds of air hockey, I noticed they had the Walking Dead light gun game. As a huge fan of the early seasons of the Walking Dead and comic books, I just had to play it. However, I only had enough money on my arcade card for one player because I didn't feel like reloading more money onto it due to us being short on time. So, I let my fiancé play instead because it seemed to spark her interest. She did not grow up playing many video games nor light gun games, so I wanted to let her try. The game sets the scene of you, an unknown character, escaping a zombie-filled prison with nothing but a crossbow. The light gun, of course, was a crossbow with a crank lever on it to reload your next arrow. Needless to say, she had a blast and insisted we keep playing. That's a good arcade gimmick. So, I'm here asking for light gun game advice for the home setting. I have a PS4, Switch, and Xbox One. I know that PS4 makes a light gun peripheral, but I wouldn't know where to start for games. Boy. In your experiences, have you come across a worthy purchase that the fiancé and I can play at home? Can mo- do modern TVs do light guns? This is, this is the main problem, I think. I think uh, when uh, HDTVs became a thing, light gun games went away. The old technology of them. So the old technology used the scan lines of the TV, <clears throat> and, and it actually, like, you know, in the gun itself, was able to sense where an object was based on the scan lines. So that means that no TVs use that anymore, so they have to use something else. But we have phones that can take you know imagery off things and, and put AR things in, in space. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that we can have nice light guns now. I just... There is not a market for those uh, that that crosses over with anybody that I know. Yeah, and so I'm totally out of the loop on what light guns are now. I lo- lo- I had the light gun peripheral, the fancy expensive one from Namco for the PS2, mm-hmm. and loved it. Like I bought Time Crisis and I had Point Blank, yeah. I had a, you know, and like that was great. But like I just don't know. It's so, not a part of my life anymore. Well, I was doing some research for this this segment. I think there are virtually no light gun games released mm-hmm. for any current-gen console. Bummer. Until just recently, late last year, um, there was a new peripheral by PDP. I think it's called the Mars Light Gun. That is, its whole gimmick is that it's supposed to work with modern TVs. Mm-hmm. But there's only like three games that they've released for it. Like Big Buck Hunter mm-hmm. is one of them. And then there's like some generic, that's an, a generic like alien shooter, probably an Area 51 sort and of And we should off. point out like... It, we as a light gun, like 
it, it, it is an equivalent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that had the the Lynx crossbow training gun with it and stuff like that. So, like, that's just a different way of doing it, right? It made an infrared field, and then it kind of tracked the position of of where you're aiming. Like, that's just another way of doing it. So, there's clear ways of doing this with motion and cameras that would work. It's just for some reason people don't want to sit in front of their TVs with a piece of plastic anymore. And that actually extends to uh, ring fit aside, like a lot of what we're in our era wise, because like we still have instruments in our house and we fit boards and stuff like that. We are not in a peripheral zone right now. Like post connect, like I haven't bought a peripheral for my system forever, Mm. but you can totally buy a nerf halo line now. Mm. Yeah. That's like the actual halo. That's just to shoot your friends. Yeah. But it's like you have the needler and there's like a thousand little nerfs on it. It's really cool. Oh man. That's a great idea. We should get those. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. I think light gun games have moved into VR. Mm hmm. Yeah. That's so, a good point. There is that option. If you wanted to pick up a PSVR, there's a lot of cool first person Super shooters. Hot's a good one for well, that. Yeah, Super Hot's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's amazing. But there's also just like more typical like light gun shooting gallery games yeah. uh, that take place in VR. Why, what, why were light guns more fun than... I guess controllers were just so far behind that we didn't have a lot of 3D space aiming. What are you talking about? I'm being pulled away. What? It's not... <laughs> you have five minutes left. All right. Do you okay. want to tag somebody in for 20 yes. questions? Okay, well, okay. We have, I have one more uh, topic we can discuss while you grab somebody. Okay. <laughs> I just want to know if everyone, you didn't even say goodbye to everybody, Tina. I know. Oh, well, well, hold on. Pear, come over and, and show people why I must leave. Show, yeah, like and, one of those show and tell. Tina is not supposed to be having fun. She's supposed to be doing work. That's true. Yeah, this is work. True. Yeah. Okay, right. well, that's all the explanation that we need. <laughs> Dad, stay out of my room. I'm being pulled into NVC currently. Right. The door's Tina. locked. Tina has an appointment that's out of the office, so she has to get over there. Okay. Oh, that was great. Um, okay, well, let's move on to our final topic. Before 20 questions. Whoa. This is Scott from sunny Australia. My name is Scott from Brisbane, Australia. Love the show. When work and my four kids have at times required a dialing back of gaming podcasts, Scoop has always stayed in the subscribe list. Thank you for your service, Scott. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've just received delivery of a flip grip for my Switch. Cool. To get a taste of that old school vertical goodness. I've got Ikaruga and the SNK 40th Anniversary Collection. Wow. My question That's is, all you need. Yeah. what flip grip compatible games do you consider must plays? Uh, so I can help out with this. And Scott, so uh, good call on Ikaruga. You are, you now have the best, maybe the best shoot 'em up game of all time. You know, I've never oh. played that. I mean, I just said maybe. Yeah. But it's great. I've never played it. It's, it's great. A, it is I should get the flip grip and when we go to Boston, I can play that. You should get the flip Is that a good playing game? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, can you play a, a, a arcade shooter for five hours? <laughs> no, but I can play it for a little bit and then yeah. take a nap. Yep. Yep. You can do that too. <laughs> Although I don't know if the flip grip is sold out, so you may want to reach out. I have out. one. Okay. You already have one. Yeah, but I've never played a Karuga. Is okay. there, so flip grip compatible, is that, is that any game that has a tape mode can work with flip grip or yeah. is it a specific thing they have to do? A tate mode. Yes. Yes. Any, oh, great, any game that has tate mode that allows you to rotate the screen. Uh, so yeah, Ikaruga is great. The SNK 40th anniversary collection has a bunch of games like the, uh, Ikari warriors and guerrilla war and that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Uh, I would recommend there's a pinball games are great for this. So demons tilt, which I talked about recently, uh, is a sort of a spiritual successor to early nineties. Come on in video pinball games, alien crush and devil's crush. Mm-hmm. That's available on there. Yeah. Welcome Jonathan Dornbush. Uh, hello there. You may have just listed this when Jonathan was walking in. Did you mention star Wars pinball? I was going to, that was going to be the other pinball yeah. game. That That's I one I played. Great. Yeah. Uh, we're talking I have about that for Switch too. So uh, I should just try that. We're talking about the best uh, games to play in vertical mode on your Switch. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
so those are good. And then also for more shooters, the two Psycho uh, shooting collections that are both out now. Each one has like six games, and uh, there are definitely more good games than there are bad in those collections. Like the Strikers series, Dragon Blaze, Gunbird. These are awesome 90s. What a cool arcade renaissance on Switch right now. The Switch is such a cool system because you can play it in vertical mode. Mm -hmm. Such a cool system for shooters because if you play these games on your PS4, on your big HDTV, (laughs) the gameplay is only in this small sliver in the center of the screen, and then they put up these big... your TV I mean, sideways. Yeah, I mean, that would actually yeah. look pretty cool. So th- that's actually a big problem when people make their own arcade machines is that they uh, use a horizontal mod- monitor or a vertical and like half games are not one or the other. I mean, there's 50-50. Like yeah. you're not going to have the best of both worlds. So people now get these, I don't recommend doing this. They get a giant four by three monitor, which things look really good on. And then it's so big that like Donkey Kong looks fine down the strip of the middle of it. Yeah. But it's crazy that you have to do that. Yeah. Um, all right, that should be some good suggestions for you, Scott, in sunny Australia. And that brings us to video game 20 questions. Ooh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> our suggestion this week comes from Ethan, last name anonymous. <laughs> Ethan Anonymous. All right, introduce Jonathan because he just showed up out of nowhere. I thought we did introduce Jonathan. You Jonathan Dornbush, host of Podcast Beyond, is joining us here. Subbing in for Tina. You guys are both doing a show. That called Next Gen right Console Watch basis. 2020. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not Next Gen Console Watch 2013. No. <laughs> if you're watching that, you're watching reruns. Yeah. <laughs> Tune in for the new episode. But Damon was still on it. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, you know how 20 questions work. Yes, Jonathan, of course. Right? Okay. In that case, let the questioning begin. Jonathan, you want to start this one? Yeah. Ooh. Um, did the game, was the game released after January 1st, 2000? Yes. Is this a Damey game? No. Mm. Okay, so a game that Damon doesn't like. Okay. Or, that, you know, there's a not, lot of those. Just not yeah, or it just wasn't like in his. Yeah. You know. So maybe Kingdom Hearts. It, it, <laughs> it didn't win a Damey. Kingdom Hearts is alive. <laughs> That's true. Uh, was this game released on a Nintendo console? No. Ooh. Was this game a platform exclusive? No. Okay. Um,. Okay. Did it? Uh, we don't know the year aside from after two thousand. Yeah. No. Okay. Is this part of the contemporary console systems? Yes. That's five. Wow. That's great. Uh, okay. okay. Contemporary but not systems on, not on Switch. Not on Switch. And not exclusive. Was this game developed in Japan? No. Is this an independent game? No. <clears throat> Did this company that publishes game have a, a press conference at the last E three? Yeah. Well. Yes ish. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Interesting. So, yes ish. EA? Devol- yeah. Devolver. De- Devolver well, or Devolver. EA would be, yeah. Um, we can just ask. You can just ask. Was this game published by EA? Yes. Okay. All right. PS4 and Xbox or and or Xbox Wars. One game. Is no, no, that was a total Damey game. <laughs> um, Glad we asked. <laughs> is this game a third person action game? Mm, yeah. in there. I think you well hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Mind palace time. Uh I think it's possible. I think third person play is an option in this game. Mm. That's okay. I think you can third or first person. Oh. Hmm. Really? I think. Or maybe it's just this third a, person. It's at least third person. At least that much. Think it's a popular okay. battle royale? <sighs> yeah. Well, Apex is Apex. primarily first person. Can you he, play it in he third? He doesn't know that. Yeah. 
I said that last week and people got a real kick out of that. Or <laughs> yeah. we were talking about something and I blew past something and be like, yeah, but Damon can't answer that. <laughs> Does it, uh, is this game mostly, you, is it mostly a shooty? You shooting a lot? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So this Was it. this game developed by Respawn? Um, no. Okay. Oh. I'm assuming <laughs> Anthem then. Yeah. Anthem. Hold on, hold on. I take everything back that I just said. This is a first person game. Sorry. Oh, Okay. But it's it's still not Apex Legends because Battlefield then or Battlefront. There was no Battlefield or Battle. Oh, uh, yeah, there was. I'm there's saying. one and five. No, of course, no, no. Yeah, I was, for some reason was thinking last year because oh, we talked about so, EA last year. Okay, but that had no <laughs> no ju- foundation in reason. Just a yeah. PS4. I went through the exact same thing, but it's just <laughs> yeah. a PS4 and Xbox One game. Yeah. Well, we're presuming we know it's a multi-console game from this generation that's not on Switch. So, yeah. and first person. Definitely first person. Is this game in the Battlefield franchise? Yes. Okay. Well, so wait, there was Battlefield 1. one and, and V slash 5. Was yeah. this game based in World War 1? No. Wait, was Battlefield 1 was that World was, War 1, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. So it has to be. Does this game have Levolution? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Okay, it's just Battlefield 5. Yeah. Yeah. Good work, Jonathan. Thanks for the help. Happy to be here. Uh, and the only reason I got tripped up on uh, uh, the first person thing is because halfway through I thought we were talking about Star Wars Battlefront again, but we were actually. <laughs> then I had to like. <laughs> you were right. Uh, what do you mean? Because you do play vehicles in third person. It, in which one? In Battle- Battlefield. Battlefield. Oh yeah. Field. Well, battle. Okay, just so, yeah. just vehicles in third person. Yeah. And yeah. Everyone else. That counts. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was a really smoothly run. Twenty questions for oh, yeah. you won. Yeah. We won. Everybody wins Everyone won. except for Ethan Anonymous. Uh-oh. Yeah, don't at me. Get nice. right, don't get. <laughs> uh, he says, I've been listening to your podcast since the SNES on Switch episode. Don't remember which one what? that is. <laughs> wow. Your you podcast episodes made that. my two-day trip to Myrtle Beach and back amazing. Well, I'm glad we could be I bet we did that episode like three weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. That's always the embarrassing thing. I well, thought you were going to stop amnesia. at... Is that like a known... Like if you, they were like, oh yeah, the infamous SNES on Switch episode. <laughs> Well, I, I think it was from Incident. when the SNES collection came out on yeah. Switch. Mm-hmm. We did an IGN Now been, for that. It's a great like, Now. That would have been like... Oh, is that a good one? It's a very good Oh, we rated games. Yeah, you rated all oh, the games. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's true. Uh, yeah, that would have been from like last September or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we go, Jonathan, we all shared what we've been playing. What have you been playing recently? Ooh, uh, I've been playing something for review that I don't think I can talk about, but uh, look forward Move, to moving on you soon. <laughs> I can say that, uh, but yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's all I can say. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I've actually been replaying Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh yeah, how does that? I've been up? following your tweets. Um, thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm still obsessed with the photo mode for it. Uh, mm-hmm. It is still one of the prettiest games I've ever played, and I love just taking constant like wildlife and photography in that game. It's nice. great. Um, the story stuff does not really hold up. Uh, mm-hmm. It is one of the weirdest things where I love the action and the combat and the hunting of that game, and then when characters talk, they are just two people standing up apart from each other saying their lines and then the other person says their lines. Are they just really stiff? They're really stiff. There's really no liveliness to any of their interactions. It's sort of a weirdly dead conversation every time, even though they have a great voice cast and they have a lot of great talent involved. It just doesn't come through in the way it's animated. Hmm. What about when the dinosaurs talk to each other? (laughs) That's the best part. Do you think the sequel is going to be called uh, Horizon One Dawn? I've talked about this a lot on Beyond. My hope is it's that silly. I hope it's Horizon Zero Dawn or Zero Dusk. Two Zero or Dawn. yeah, Horizon Zero Dusk or Horizon Zero Midday or just something mm-hmm. inane. Zero Dawn Two is also really good. Yeah, 
<laughs> or it could be man because you could also change horizon yeah foreground zero dawn <laughs> foreground <laughs> zero. well there there is an in-universe horizon zero dawn like that name has relevance in really? the world yeah was it the it was satellite the, I it was the military plan yeah. that oh, essentially they enacted i have blocked um, all of that out <laughs> now, well, i just played it a week There's ago like a so. crash space ai and all kinds yeah and so they um, say like horizon zero dawn was the plan that went into action i don't think they had the horizon one dawn plan i don't okay. know <laughs> uh you're also playing the fortnite I am. Yeah, wow. I got I got obsessed got with Fortnite. Obsessed. Uh, obsessed. We play my girlfriend and I play every day. Wow. Uh starting at on Christmas Day uh because they introduced split screen. I remember very From 9 to 5. From 9 every to day. 5 we're playing Fortnite. Monday through Friday. I don't show up for work. <laughs> um but no, we've been playing every day and we've been very much looking forward to. Haven't jumped into season 2 yet, but we're going to tonight and I'm very much looking forward to it. It's got some wow. spy stuff in. Yeah, I'm really excited by it. There's a really buff cat character you can I unlock. saw that buff Meowth. What a crazy Meowth. Yeah. Incineroar looks like nothing compared to him. It's yeah, great. that's yeah. another buff cat. Yeah. We could probably do a top five buff cats on IGN now. Yeah, we could. Damon doesn't know what we're talking Last about. No. We should probably move on. Bigs the cat. Anyway. Let's just move out. I can't do oh. another buff cat. Maybe from the cartoon Heathcliff. What about Thundercats? Yeah, go. Thundercats are pretty buff. Yeah. I gotta go. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry okay, I brought this go. to the show. <laughs> we're gonna go. Your let's boss just isn't talk here about, taking you out. Let's <laughs> just talk about our top ten Thundercats first. <laughs> <laughs> that is all the scoops we have for you this week. Uh, hopefully we'll see a bunch of you at our Paxis panel next weekend. Make sure to check out the store, store.ign.com. Buy up all of those uh, GameScoop t-shirts. t-shirts. like this one. If you have any money at, left over after you buy GameScoop t-shirts, maybe buy a Beyond t-shirt as well. Oh, thanks for <laughs> throwing me that phone. <laughs> wow. <laughs> thank you, Justin. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you, Gina. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, John. My name is Damon. This is IGN GameScoop, and we're out.
Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.